Hi everyone, welcome back to VCC's Talking Pictures podcast. I am your host Shannon and as usual, I hope all of you had a very lovely week. Today I'm very happy to announce that I am talking all things Spider-Verse because the first one is like my favourite film ever. It's something I constantly recommend to people. They ignore me because they think it's for children because it's animated, but you are missing out. And today with me, I have a fellow Spider-Verse fanatic, and that is Kean. Kean is very experienced with voice work and sound editing, and he can hopefully tell us a little bit about himself now. So, Kean, how are you? I'm good, Shannon. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Kean. I literally just finished my final year of my undergrad, did arts. I'm a voice actor. I do audio engineering. I'm just a little guy. I'm busy. I'm around the place. I'm a cosplayer. <laughs> That's somewhat relevant to this. That is so cool. Who's your favorite person to cosplay as? Funnily enough, Miles Morales. Really? Yeah. Oh, and stop. Yeah, anyway, Keen is like kind of the main guy to you on campus. You do so much of the social media. Like I like scroll through the TikTok or something or I'm on the UCC Instagram page. It's like, oh, look, there's Keen. He's just... I'm around the place. He's just there. He's everywhere. People have fully stopped me on campus being like, I've seen you. I'm like, I don't know where you've seen me. I'm in a lot of places, man. <laughs> Anyways, I suppose we'll go back to Spider-Verse. The first one came out, I believe it was in 2017 or 2018. 2018. Can you remember specifically where you were? Because for some reason, I don't do this for most films, but I know like place, time, everything when I saw that film because it was so good. God, 2018, I think I was still, I think it would have been the Gate Cinema in Middleton. It was either the Gate Cinema in Middleton or the Gate Cinema in Cork City. I was with my dad, and I got very excited throughout the film. Like, my leg, I was jumping in my seat, and my dad fully at one point looked at me and said, stop that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. This is a really good movie. I'm sorry. And he had no interest, and I was having the time of my life. That's, like, identical to mine, because my dad took me, too. Like, he wouldn't usually go to cinema with me, but I think I just needed someone to drive me out that day. And I remember I didn't feel like seeing it because I was really tired. I was, like, in town Christmas shopping, and I was like, I might give it a skip, but then I decided to go through it, and my dad took me to The Real Picture in Ballon College, which I actually like. And I was the exact same as you. Like, I was, I think the first, like, five minutes in the film, I was just like, holy shit, like, this is unreal. And then my dad was just there the entire time, like, okay, cool. Yeah. It's so funny when you go watch movies with your parents and you're like, this is incredible. This is mind blowing. And then your parents are either just there so uninterested or straight up asleep. Literally. Like, I, um, my mom never watches movies. And then a few weeks ago, I was like to my mom, I was like, you have to watch the first one, best one ever. Let's watch it on DVD tonight. And I really hyped it up to her because I was like, this has changed animation. I was doing everything to get her to watch it. Literally. And then we watched it and she was like, Oh yeah, it was grand like, but it was like kind of hard on the eyes and I was like, damn, because I really wanted to take her to the cinema to see it then, mm-hmm. the second mm-hmm. one, and um, she was just like, no, I don't think so, and I was so disappointed. Sure, look, um, from a photosensitivity perspective, it is hard on the eyes, yeah. like if you, if photosensitive viewers, I have a friend yeah. who loves Spider-Man, loves the, loves the movie, loves the first one, but she said, I can't go watch it in cinema because... The opening title sequence, I know it's going to be that big glitchy effect, and that will give me a migraine. So I'm just going to have to wait till it's out in digital so that I can skip certain parts. No, I think that's fair enough because it is a very visually demanding film. And I feel like it's a film you have to watch, I don't know how many times, catch all the details because there's so much happening at once. You really do. 
Mm-hmm. Oh no, I gotta go watch it again. That's literally me. I'm like, what like side of the screen should I share this time? Yeah, yeah. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it four times so you can separate yeah. the screen out in quadrants. And it's like, okay, today I'm looking at the top right corner. Wow. <laughs> What makes it worse, I think, as well, is um, they announced for the second one that they have alternate versions in cinema. Like, mm, in different mm. screenings, there's there's moments in the film that are different from each other. So it's like, you don't know which one you're going to get, and you just have to, like, track them down. Well. <laughs> like, it has to be done. You have to do it. Anyway, since the second film's come out, it's currently made $566 million, I think, at the global box office compared to the first film which I think made only around 300 million in, in its entire run. And I think that was due to the first film. Like, people didn't really know about it beforehand. They just thought it was an animated Spider-Man film. And then, but somehow in like the past five years or so, the awareness of it has really shot up. And it's such a big like fan favourite everywhere, like TikTok, Instagram, Reddit, whatever. Why do you think that this film has become so big? I think a variety of factors kind of play together to bolster the popularity of Into the Spider-Verse. From straight up the first thing, animation. The animation was breathtaking. It did things that that animation and cinema hadn't, in mainstream cinema at least, hadn't really played around with. Not just the colors and the references using like the curvy dots. I don't know exactly the name, but using kind of like more dotted comic book style art that made it look like you were literally stepping into a comic book um the fluidity of the animation the differences in animation of all the different characters which reflected their personalities the music and the scoring was absolutely incredible miles as a main character was just extremely relatable and it brought in so many cultural aspects that hadn't really gotten their moment uh, on the you know, on the silver screen so there were just so many different aspects of the movie that came together to create just a perfect mix that resonated with audiences everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I completely agree with you because, like, I think between the humor and the characters in the film, like the animation on its own, but all the characters are just so cool and so interesting. And even if you've seen the second one, like, everyone has their own personality and they're all just so much fun. I don't know how they did it. Yeah, with movies like these that are uh, just by virtue of you know, the genre that you're dealing in, many, many characters need to be introduced. You run the risk of all the characters being bland and one note. But even though, but even though you know, there's a runtime to the movie, like, you could do a full TV season out of either of these movies, and you could dedicate episodes upon episodes of character, like, going in-depth into each character. But you leave the movies and you do feel like you have a full idea of who this character is because what time they're given gives them a full character instead of just being like, I'm the funny one, okay, moving on, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so fun seeing like each of their individual quirks. Like um, The one I think of most recently is, it's in the second film, but when he catches the spot for the first time, which is like a black and white villain, and he just pats his head and it's like, good cow, like that just comes above it, like... I just love the humour for each character. Yeah. Like, there's just something about each of them. But, like, would you consider the first film to be one of your favourite films, or...? I think the first one is my favourite film. Cross the Spider-Verse is very close runner-up. Mm-hmm. Um, were it not for uh, the fact that the overarching story of these movies hasn't finished, mm-hmm. 
I can't put it as my number one movie. That is still going to be Into yeah. the Spider-Verse. But uh, once the movies are all completed, once the trilogy is completed, that'll be my favorite Spider-Man trilogy, like, hands down. Mm-hmm. It's mad, because um, I think, like, Sony just came out of the Emoji movie. And then they just come, like, nine months later with Spider-Verse. Um, I just think the first film for me, I think my favorite moment of the first film is, you know, when he's doing his leap of faith. Like, I remember mm-hmm. seeing that in cinema. And I don't think DVD can live up to it. Like, I remember specifically going and, like, buying a Blu-ray so I could watch it at home. And it's just not the same as being on screen. He's, like, going straight up. The rest of the world is upside down. Oh, I love that scene. I think there's always that thing of, like, what would you experience for the first time again? If I could just jump back into my 16-year-old yeah. body and just watch the, the leap of faith scene again when he jumps and then he finally gets it and then the music incorporates both the What's Up Danger by Black Caviar, the Spider-Man theme, and the Miles Morales theme yeah. all in one. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's that. I don't want to see anything in history. No, that that's so true, because I remember going straight home and trying to look it up online, and the scene was there, like, um, but just, it wasn't the same as seen in cinema. No, it's, no you need it. You need you need the, the enormous screen, and you need people around you shouting. Yeah, like, um, I after that, I saw it another two times, and I dragged, I think, I can't remember, I think I went once again by myself, and then I dragged, like, my family to it. And I, I do think one of my sisters really liked it, but I think once again, my other sister was kind of like, yeah, it's it's fine. I was like, you don't understand. But um, no, that was just absolutely insane. And like, I have to say the second one, which came out last month, which was probably my most anticipated film of the year. I oh, feel yeah. Like people, oh, yeah, for real. Yeah. Like, I feel like people were forgetting it was happening, but it was always in the back of my head. Like, I knew it was delayed last year, but this year I was like, Spider-Verse is coming, though. Like, yay, something to look forward to. Anyways, what did you think of the second film, though? I think the second one took everything that the first film did well and just raised the stakes. There's a really funny video on YouTube. I don't remember who it's by, but it's explaining why Shrek 2 is the perfect sequel. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen you, it. Okay. It's an explanation of like a sequel, a good sequel should um, expand the scope of the world, introduce new interesting characters, and you know do all these things but still keep it true to the emotional core of the first film. And that is exactly what this film does. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse is the perfect sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. It just does everything so well. And again, it brings in an incredible cast of characters, an incredible cast of actors. The main actors reprise their roles beautifully. And like in some behind the scenes footage, uh, Haley Seinfeld, who voices Gwen Stacy, uh, Spider Gwen, talks about how for the first movie they weren't recording, you know, face to face because it was all in the middle of the pandemic. But for this movie, they were able to, you know, restrictions provided, do a couple of recording sessions where, particularly herself and Shamik, uh, Shamik Moore, who voices Miles Morales, were able to like play off of each other instead of just doing each line individually. And that worked so much better for them because they were able to just get into the flow so much easier, and you can absolutely feel it in the movie. Mm-hmm. The it's the, you can feel the love that the actors have for the characters, and that the characters have like for the world and for each other. Then the extended cast of characters that they brought in, like Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara, Spider Man twenty ninety nine, incredible casting. I feel like every so often. Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal just kind of switch who's going yeah. to be the internet sexy man for the yeah. month. And 
I love that for them. Spider-Man 2099 has been doing numbers on social media for reasons that I cannot say on this podcast. Oof. Um, <laughs> explicit. The internet is thirsty. <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised. He was kind of hot, though. Yeah, like, no, he for real. He was like sort of like I think he was probably to me more antagonistic than the spot in the film. I was just in. Oh, as yeah. in I disliked him more just because he was meaner to like Miles, which obviously isn't a good enough reason. But like yeah. at the same time, I get it. I get why they are putting in the work drawing and. I do love like the the difference between the spot and Miguel is the perfect example of what is a villain versus what is an antagonist. Because both Miguel and Miles want to do the same thing. They both want to, you know, save as many people as possible, but they just have very different philosophies about how to go about that. While the spot is literally just, hey man, I'm gonna mess up your whole life. I love the spot. If that was one thing I was disappointed about in this film, is I felt that we didn't get enough time with him. And I know we probably win the second one, because obviously he disappeared back into Miles Universe but like I just thought the introduction I think his actor Jason Schwartzman I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly it was just so funny at the same time he's such a terrifying villain like I don't know there's something about him which scares me so much especially as the film develops Kingpin was a really good villain in the first one but it wasn't personal it wasn't anything personal against Miles Mm -hmm. the spot is personal against Miles and that's more dangerous because when it's any when it's just kind of like a super villain of oh i, I want to be rich or i want to take over the world it's like okay man you're gonna fight me but you're not gonna put your whole heart into this the spot is going to beat miles into the ground and he's going to be like hey i want you to know that i think you deserve this you personally yeah and i think it's just so terrifying like you know the scene in i think it's super collider where he's basically able to enhance his powers and the animation changes. It's like it's like two D, three D. They use every type of animation, and it's so well done compared to before, where he's drawn a bit more lazily to show like mm. his growing mm. power. He's just so he goes from being like kind of amusing and funny to being so intimidating in the span of minutes. Like it's actually, I think he's phenomenal. I I can't wait to see him in the second film. I think he's a highlight for me. Yeah, yeah, the spot was absolutely incredible. What did you think about, like, the different worlds that they go to? I thought the worlds were brilliantly done. Like, this isn't meant to be a criticism on the Multiverse of Madness, um, which was a Marvel film which came at, like, about two... Oh, oh, yeah, shade is being thrown. When I think of Multiverse, I think of Spider-Verse. I do not think of Doctor Strange, where they kind of dipped out of into one or two things. But, like, the kind of life in each of the the multiverses in Spider-Verse is just so... The one that they go to, Mumbatton, when they went there, like, it's just brimming with life. It's so amazing. And I think in the scene as well, when they meet all the other Spider-Men, each one of them has their own personality. Like, it's insane the amount of work that went into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you're, when you're dealing with multiverse stories, it's very easy to just let all the worlds that you inhabit, that you visit, except for, like, the main world, for lack of a better yeah. term... Just be very kind of like, and this is the set dressing. This is like Earth, but ooh, that building is green now. Whoa, you know? You change a couple names, you just kind of like, ah, tip X some stuff, and it's like, different world. But with Spider-Verse, they put in so much effort and in, into representing each world differently. Uh, the directors have said that when you go to Gwen's world, uh, the Gwen's world, is, the color palette is very watercolor-based. Yeah. And it changes often because Gwen's world is supposed to be like a mood ring that reflects her emotional state. 
And once you know that, once you start paying yeah. attention to the colors, it's just like, oh, you get it. Then you go to Mumbai with Paviter and Spider Man, who's Spider Man India, and you're like, yeah, this is a great joke. This is <laughs> this is a, this is a world that is full of just life. Like just a little joke stuff. Here's where the traffic is. Here's also where the traffic <laughs> is. That's where the British stole all our stuff. That was it's so like, good. Yeah, no, that that's that's perfect. That's perfect. I remember I was like watching the reaction videos online, like in the cinema, and the American or sorry, the English audience. I just remember for that, like there was just like a few muffled like laughs, and then there was like the Indian one. They all like burst out laughing, and it was the same in um, my cinema as well. I remember we all laughed at that one. I do wish I had a crowd that was a bit more of. That got a bit more of a reaction, but I think because there's so many individual things happening at once, that someone might find something funny and miss another joke. So yeah, yeah. that's what makes it awkward, I think. One joke that I think most people missed in my screening, at least, was um, when Hobie Brown, Spider Punk, is introduced and he's doing his little intro. And he says, Hate the AM, hate the PM. I was like, oh, That's a good joke. I was, I was like, I'm the only person laughing right now. Um, God, all these characters are incredible. Hobie, Hobie's He's my animation, God, incredible. I love Incredible. Him. And I think it's nice that, like, in Miles' eyes, he serves as, like, a rival for Gwen. But, like, Hobie's completely helpful the entire mm. way out. It's just so nice when you subvert that trope. I know it happens from time to time, but just to see it on, like, the big screen was great, where, like, he was actually really supportive of Miles the entire time. Honestly, this is a little bit of shade. Um, a couple of people associated with the project were showrunners on a TV show that I loved that ended horribly. Was that the one? Um, uh, I'm not going to name names. <laughs> I, I feel like, was that the one with the high school? Am I wrong? Or was that a different one? No, a different one okay, entirely. Okay. I'll tell you after the recording. Okay. Because I got, I got words. Damn. But um, basically, they had a love triangle in that TV show, and it was just very poorly ta- taken care of and handled. And I had heard rumors on social media that they were going to do, that they were going to put Miles, Gwen, and Hobie in a love triangle situation. Oh. And I was like, I'm absolutely dreading this. And for the first like scene, it does kind kind of show that a little bit, where Miles is just very visibly kind of like, oh, uh, Hobie, what? You've been staying over at his house? Yeah. What? <laughs> Um, but then Hobie just becomes the absolute, like, the realist G of Ever. the entire spider society. And it's like, no, nah, I love this man. Hobie for for life. He was he was my favourite character in the second film, I think, him or the spot. Because, um, like, even the jokes, like, all about, like, the capitalism jokes, like, I just found those really funny. But, like, I don't think everyone heard them. Or, like, some people would and they'd laugh. And I was just like, this man is just, he, he, like, he gets me. Literally. And Daniel Kaluuya did such an incredible job. Oh, he's, I love that man. He's such an amazing actor. I think I love as well seeing big name actors take on roles like these. Like, I remember Nicolas Cage in the first Spider-Verse. I think about him all the time. Nicolas Cage's Spider-Man noir is perfect casting. Yeah. And he might be coming back for the third one. Actually, what do you think if they were, there's talk of them bringing in, well, like, what I mean talk, I mean online, they're like, oh, I heard rumours that Tom Holland wants to be in it. Like, do you think that they should expand as far as live action? I know they did with Donald Glover in the second film, but, yeah. like, we saw multiple appearances of Tobey Maguire, um, mm. Andrew Garfield on screen. Do you think it would add or lessen the film if they actually did appear in the third one? I think this film established the the Spider-Verse properly. It established the Spider-Verse as something that is alive and constantly moving and evolving. And in that scene where you do get a couple of the Easter eggs of Toby and Andrew yeah. and uh, and um, Tom also, 
I think that's really all you need. That's all I want, to be honest. In fairness, that the Donald Glover cameo, though, that's incredible. On that, that's perfect on a whole other meta level. Yeah. Um, which I did spend about an hour explaining to a coworker, uh, <laughs> like a couple weeks ago. What, um, what what needs to be said? Like okay, so <laughs> <laughs> after the Sam Raimi Spider Man trilogy finishes. There, a couple of years pass, and there's talk of, hey, Sony want to do another Spider-Man Oh, trilogy. yeah, that's right. Uh, so before Andrew Garfield gets cast, there's talk about, well, how are they going to make it stand out from the, oh, from the original first trilogy after, you know, it's only been a few years. What are they going to do? Maybe one of the things that they could do is they could make Spider-Man black. People start saying, oh, uh, Donald Glover, he's mm-hmm. nerdy. He could be Spider-Man. So then the, an internet campaign, one of the first like, proper internet campaigns starts up, which is uh, Donald for Spider-Man. Donald Glover shows his implicit support for this one day in that one opening scene in Community where he gets out of bed wearing a Spider-Man t-shirt. So that just kind of blows it out of the water, just incredible. It, it was such a really, it was a, a really big flame to the movement. Ultimately, he doesn't get cast as Spider-Man. It goes to Andrew Garfield. The second Spider-Man trilogy, great, lovely. It's, it's really good. I can't say shit. It's really good. But Donald Glover gets older and older, and he can't really play Spider-Man in live action. One of the people who saw this kind of campaign was Brian Michael Bendis, who's the creator of Miles Morales. Yeah. Brian, Michael, Brian Michael Bendis was a writer for Marvel while they were working on the Ultimate Spider-Man in Earth-1610, where they could, you know, they had a bit more freedom to mess around with things and to make changes. So Brian Michael Bendis, at the end of one of the runs, pretty much kills off Peter Parker, but brings in Miles as the new kid who's being new kid who's bit by the radioactive spider. Miles is the new Spider-Man. That kicks off one of the, you know the most popular comic book characters of the modern age. Um, Donald Glover, eventually, when Miles Morales gets included in a couple Spider-Verse episodes of the television series, Donald Glover voices Miles Morales. I did not know that. Yeah, he did. uh, For a few episodes. And then when we get to the MCU Spider-Man trilogy in what is it? Homecoming? Yeah, Yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming. We have Donald Glover playing Aaron Davis at the Prowler in a scene where Tom Holland is interrogating him (laughs) for information and he drops a little Easter egg when he's on the phone saying, hey Miles, I'm not going to be home. Uh, you know, I'm caught up with something. So everyone's like, oh my god, Miles Morales is somewhere in the MCU. It's canon. He's there. He's somewhere. He He's waiting for us. And then in Across the Spider-Verse where uh, Miguel is walking Miles and Gwen and uh, Peter B. Parker with his daughter through a kind of like gallery with it's essentially a rogues gallery where he's explaining that there's a bunch of villains that have been misplaced from their multiverses and from their universes and he they're sending them back we see donald glover dressed in a full prowler suit sitting in a cage looking directly at miles and then they just kind of share a look and it it's the frame is a it's a little bit it's it, it holds on it for a couple of seconds to the point where anybody else is just like if you don't know the whole like meta history yeah. you're just like oh this is a kind of weird thing to just be sitting on, but if you do it's like bro that's that's the man who started it all. It's amazing looking at like a decade later, like a decade and a half, yeah. two decades later, the consequences of the little internet campaign of him wanting to be Spider Man. Like bro, bro, that's incredible. 
I'm so glad you said that. That's amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember the campaign, but I forgot that he actually did inspire the creation of Miles Morales. Like, there's like a whole history. Whoa. It's such a it's such a fun butterfly effect. Oh, like, yeah, somebody said, yeah, why not? There was also another Spider-Man character from that was in Across the Spider-Verse was also affected by a butterfly effect that started in Into the Spider-Verse. So in the scene where Miles is running through spider society trying to escape, when they're all, literally this whole <laughs> elite society of spider people are jumping my boy, one of the characters that is going after him is Sun Spider, who is a spider person who is wheelchair-bound, who is disabled, who uses um, crutches that like shoot webs from the bottom of the crutch. And it's a really fun little cameo. It's one of the few kind of like spoken spider people roles in the whole spider society chase scene uh, because it's important obviously to like highlight the diversity one thing that the spider-man like the animated the animation and the art team did really well is that they portrayed spider people as people of all shapes and sizes because spider-man is always just some twink uh, <laughs> Spider-Man's always some twink. Spider-Woman looked not far off it. Yeah. Uh, we had Jessica Drew fighting, like, fully pregnant, and you love to see that. Uh, Peter B. Parker was, like, a dude going through a <laughs> midlife crisis with, like, a pizza belly, and we love to see that also. When you look at Spider Society, we have people that are, like, really top-heavy. We have people that are built like absolute fucking tanks. And we have some Spider, who's fully a disabled person. In the comics, she's a disabled lesbian. Straight Swipe. up. Gay rights, happy Pride Month. <laughs> happy, yeah, this is a special Pride episode, even though Pride was like last Soleil. week. It's fine, it's fine. Asher, look, it, it's a little wibbly-wobbly in Ireland. Um, but yeah, so Sun Spider w- was created as a fan creation. After the first Into the Spider-Verse movie, which ended with like the, the motto of anyone can wear the mask, people who have any artistic talent took to the internet and said, here's my Spider-Sona. And everybody made their own. And it was great. And it was so much fun. And people loved it. And one, uh, I don't remember who originally created Sun Spider, but Sun Spider became such a beloved character that eventually she got her own comics and now she had the cameo in the movie. So, like, that's not even a, like, decades in the making thing. That happened in less than five years. That's insane. Yeah. 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 Also, that makes me feel really shit for, like, neglecting drawing because I, too, want to make Spider-Sona. I can't draw. But... Yeah. Me too, but you know what? Ireland has such a vibrant artist scene <laughs> that you may as well Throw just my money. commission. Yeah. Hey, look. <laughs> <laughs> I want this person, and I want you to be able to get me a comic series in one year max. Please. But <laughs> it actually is amazing, because that film, like an animated film, I'm not going to say a children's film just because obviously it's for everyone, but like when you think of how Disney is so protective about what they put into their film in terms of like, mm-hmm. we're not going to put in kind of any lgbtq characters because they're trying to make it family friendly according to kind of people who wouldn't go if there was whatever that type of character in the film but then this film shows everyone of different colors different sizes um and even i like a lot of people think so there's a trans allegory for gwen because obviously you know she has the poster in her room yeah protect trans kids and also as well even the color palette shifts a lot to the trans flag like most films aren't that yeah, the whole forward. the whole kind of like trans Gwen phenomenon that kind of like the reading of Gwen as a trans character, mm-hmm. uh, you love to see it. Yeah. Honestly, like the 
you could you could very you could dismiss it and just say, well, it's the the colors are just her color palette anyway, and you know the protect trans kids flag in her room was just a nice little Easter egg mm-hmm. to comment on the contemporary societal issues, but much like with any text, Couldn't if be, that's the yeah. way that you read it and it brings you joy, yeah, and ultimately it doesn't impact the story, go for it. Mm-hmm. You want your favorite character to be trans, absolutely. Sure, yeah. why not? There's a infinite Spider-Verse out there. At least one of them got to be trans. <laughs> Literally. And, like, there's just so much in her story that can be related to it. That, like, yeah. there's so much evidence there that you can easily say, yeah, she is. Like, there might be some people who are just like, oh, well, she's, she's just an ally. And it's like, okay, it's fine if you think that. But there also is plenty of evidence that, like, she actually might be trans. And, like... yeah. A lot of people, one of like the big talking points on that was that a lot of the elements of her personal story of, you know, having a secret that you can't tell your parent, ha- being forcibly outed, essentially, and then having to you know, escape home, and then, you know, having the positive reconciliation with her father, all those things could be very much elements of a trans person's life or a trans character's storyline. So, hey, if you want to, absolutely. It's very nice to see. And it's one of those things as well where I feel like people can't be like, oh, this film is going to do badly because so-and-so, whatever mm. message mm. is in there. It's not doing badly. It's still one of the greatest films um, ever. Yeah. It's doing amazing at the box office. Much better than, like, The Flash or what yeah. else came out? Transformers. Indiana Jones doesn't look like it's going to do well either. Mm. But it's fine. Spider-Man is winning. I think, like, and more things that were just incredible. I talked a, a little bit about the cultural cultural aspect of the movie there was so much more spanish speaking in this movie and it was great there's one scene where gwen is being introduced to miles's mom and she says hi rio and rio yeah. just says oh you're saying my first name okay and everybody if any person of i i've seen like reactions on it on the internet of like afro uh latin yeah. people yeah just being like oh she had no chance <laughs> she has no chance you cannot puerto rican mother no <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. And it's like, yeah, no, Gwen, you, you messed up. That was so funny. I think as well, the, the chai tea part, and there was something else, the ATM. Yeah, they are like, why are you calling it ATM, you idiot? Like, it literally yeah. is a machine. The M stands for machine. What are you doing? So unrelated, but one of the funniest little, like, side theories that I saw is, like, of course Miguel is so angry and pissed off. He works in a workplace where every person is constantly making jokes and thinks they're the funniest person alive. I love Spider-Man. If I had to work in an office of Spider-Man, I'd become a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if I was a villain, that would actually feel me on. Like, they would just, like, say something snarky, and I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Shut it's up. Like, bro, I have paperwork. <laughs> there are things that have to be done. To be fair, while I do like the second film, I don't think it's good as the first film. And I think that is down... First of all, like you said, it's not complete yet. There was a bit of lack of explanation for some of the rules and I've kind of read stuff online and they're like it's possibly because Miguel doesn't understand fully the multiverse the way he thinks he does but um I just thought that there was a bit like I want to say left unfinished because obviously it is unfinished but like I think the first part and the second part are going to have to be viewed yeah. seen as a whole film this is yeah. just a half at the moment yeah no totally agree um the first movie is its, uh, can survive as its own entity. The second movie can't, be- yeah. not only because it ends on a cliffhanger, but because it so heavily will depend on how everything is resolved in the third film. Yeah. Like, the, the third film 
will... I mean, even if the third film is mediocre, it's still going to be the best Spider-Man trilogy. Definitely. But the second film is a perfect first half. Uh, like, w- the biggest critique that I have about the film, about Across the Spider-Verse, is that the final, like, third of the movie, like, the, the final act yeah. of the movie, is a little bit rushed in a pacing sense. I think as well, yeah. Because... They take their they take a lot of their time and it's for good reason and it establishes things that are really important to establish. But then you get to the end and it's like, uh, this was a li- they they've ramped up a lot mm-hmm. and they need to start. They, they're gonna have to do, not backpedaling, but they're gonna have to do a lot of kind of like okay, let's take a second and explain what's going yeah. on here. Become the final installment of the movie. But hey, look, we'll just have to wait and see how that works out. Um, all the theories about. How the like Spider Verse, the what you know, canon events, and that'll remain to be seen because they've set up a really, they've set up a really interesting conflict. Yeah. Where it's gonna be hard to write themselves out of it. Literally, yeah. Like, um, I feel like there's so much left at the end of the second film that they'll have to resolve in the third one. Like, I think the thing I think about the most is Miles ending up in obviously the universe where he didn't become Spider Man, where there is no yeah. Spider Man. Like, I'm like. Where do they want to go with that? Like, well, I don't know if this new Miles is going to be hostile. Is he going to be friendly? Like, I, I'm really interested to see the situation there is. I'm, I th- uh, my mind is on hostile. So sad. I want <laughs> them to be friends. Miles Gonzalo Morales is going to start popping off. God damn. And we love to see it. Quite honestly, I love to see it. Well, I was going to say, do you think... Um, I, feel, I hope Don Glover comes back as... The prouder in some sense, because we—I thought we saw the end of him in Homecoming, but like just with a little cameo. Hopefully, he'll appear in the current trilogy, or not even trilogy, but the current series with Tom Holland. Yeah, I don't know what the plan is with Tom Holland, but uh, with Tom Holland Spider Man, I don't know if they're going to do another trilogy, if they're going to do what they're going to do, but I do hope that they bring back Donald Glover because they're going to bring in Miles. They're going to bring in Miles. They're going to bring in Miles, especially because of the animated film, like doing so well. But I think it's so funny that like now I know Don Glover is responsible for one of the greatest films of all time. Mm. Insane. Just speaking on the last film before we go. Um, so it was. It's meant to come out in nine months. It's meant to come out, I believe, in April or around that time next mm-hmm. year. Currently, there's been reports that the animators are very overworked. It's about like eleven hour days, seven days a week. A lot of them left the film. Kind of toxic work environment, which is common for the animation industry in Hollywood. Do you think they? Are going to meet this deadline, or do you think it's going to be delayed another year or two? It is an unfortunate truth of not only the animation industry, but uh, like the video game industry also. Developers, animators, artists are always overworked and always are made to do a lot of crunch time. I would gladly wait another five years for this move for the third movie if it meant that people were able to work on it at a pace that wasn't back-breaking, mm-hmm. at a pace that was, you know, fair and properly done. And I do think that things like crunch, in the, from an industry-wide perspective, will hopefully become less likely. Like, if we see more action from people, like the writer's strike that's yeah. going on in Hollywood right now, at the time of recording anyway, at least, if, you know, that goes well... Hopefully, maybe more industries know that that is something that they can do, and people start advocating for themselves, start advocating against crunch. Beyond the Spider-Verse will be 
a masterpiece. Like, no matter what they do, it's going to be incredible. But um, it shouldn't come at the expense of the well-being and the, you know, yeah, just at the, it shouldn't come at the expense of the well-being of the people working on the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I definitely agree. Like, even when that film was delayed, I think by a year or so, or a year and a half, I was like, I don't mind. It was one of the films where I didn't mind where it was delayed. I was like, if they want to get it to be as good as the first one, I will wait a decade. I don't mind. Literally, literally. Like, I, I get the the feeling of you watch the cliffhanger and you're like, I need the second film now, but I'm happy to wait. Same. I'm happy to wait. Just before we go, what would you like to see in the next film? Oh, God. Uh, well, they've said that there are more, like, big spider people cameos that we have yet to see. I think it's going to be Tom Holland. He's spoken so much about wanting to be in it that I'm like... That man can't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> oh, no, he can. He was like, I want to be in it so bad. And also, I'm very in with the leak, so I feel like if there'll be something, I will know. I shouldn't yeah. say that. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, you didn't Don't hear that. Don't let them know. Um, God, okay. Ooh, hmm, are there any spider people I would like to see? This is where I'm going immediately. Um, Cosmic Spider-Man would be fun. Because I feel like that would be a little bit of a deus ex machina. But if there's any way to alter the course of, like, fate, get someone who has cosmic fate-bending powers. I love when that happens. Um, Oh, God. Uh, The one Spider-Man who's based off of, like, Japanese culture, but he has a he has a mecha. He has a megazord essentially. Slave. Yeah. They could use that. That w- I don't remember his name, but I know that the mo- I know the robot is called Leopardon. He's Give me the Spider-Man mecha. <laughs> just you, like this one person campaigning in their name. You're like, what? Why do you want it so bad? And you're like, I have to. I have to have it. I want the Spider-Man mecha. Uh, if we could get Kane, Scarlet Spider, mm-hmm. that would be great. Silk would be really fun. Silk, yeah, I think she's great. Get me, give me more Mahershala Ali. Oh yeah, Mahershala oh, Ali showed back. up, and I was like, "God, this is, this is a good, very good movie." More prouder. I think <laughs> any movie instantly jumps up a rank with the inclusion of Mahershala Ali. You don't need, he doesn't even have to do anything. I'm just, just like, "That's Mahershala Ali." Yeah, I'm like that's it. That's <laughs> the film. Five stars right there. Right there. Yeah. Anyway, so Kian has said it. That's who he wants to see. It's out there in the world. You gotta support this, or else you just you you're not doing what the people want. I think all I want to see in the next film is obviously Miles' dad finding out that Miles is Spider-Man because I'm really soft. I want them to be like, oh, I love you and I accept you. And I feel like he kind of does anyway. In, in the second film, you definitely see the relationship between uh, Miles and his dad when Miles is in costume. And I think it's like one of the best parts of the film. I keep seeing it online. The What is it? Get off the kid's ass. Yeah, I keep seeing that everywhere. Yeah, so that is our Spider-Verse thoughts, I think. Still think the sequel is absolutely brilliant and I can't wait for the next one. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it too. Like, I would talk about this for hours, but anyone's just Keen's like the only person who is willing to do it. So, yeah, um, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Any parting words, Keen? Go watch the movie if you haven't yeah. already. Don't listen to this if you haven't watched the film. That's embarrassing for you. Support animation, support local artists. If you want a spider sona and you can't draw, commission a local artist. They're everywhere. Um, uh, get a spider suit. It does wonders for your confidence. Yeah, like we have to, like you got to change the game. It's 2023. 
fashion is always evolving. I think you're you you're dead right. I'm one minor inconvenience away to coming to work in a full Spider-Man outfit. Do it just because why not? This is like this is UCC radio. Anything can happen here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much for listening, and I hope all of you have a great week and you enjoy Spider-Verse as much as we do. If you haven't seen it, go out and see it. If you haven't seen it, I don't know where you're listening. That's honestly kind of weird, but hopefully we have convinced you to watch it. So yeah, I hope you all have a great week. Thank you so much. Goodbye.